We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. And this is not just any edition. This is a breaking news version of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. First, uh, some introductions. I'm Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And again, breaking news, Notre Dame has hired Marcus Freeman to be their defensive coordinator Brian, I, I've been following the news all day long. I know you have as well. This, if, if you'd have told me this was going to happen two hours ago, I'd have told you that you were crazy. Uh, just based on everything I've been reading, everything I've been hearing, uh, you know, sources, all of it was pointing Marcus Freeman in a completely different direction. Fill us in on, I guess, basically, give us the last 24 hours of this Marcus Freeman saga to end up as the Notre Dame defensive coordinator. So everything I had heard was that he was going to turn the Notre Dame job down and was either going to go to LSU or go back to Cincinnati. And right. so, of course, my immediate thought is, well, here we go again. Once again, big money is going to win out, you know, or, or his loyalty to Luke Fickle because obviously there, he's – him leaving Cincinnati was not a foregone conclusion. I don't care what Notre Dame did because of that loyalty to Luke Fickle. Plus, he wants to be head coach, and you stay at Cincinnati for one more year, there's a chance you know, you're know you replacing Luke Fickle at Cincinnati next year. But um, I, re I was reporting that I had heard those sources. Uh, Tom Loy had been been putting out at Irish Illustrated that they were hearing it was not that it was not going to be him that Mike Elson was going to be the D coordinator. Uh, LSU people for two four seven Sports and other writers that, that cover LSU were talking about how every footballscoop.com everybody was reporting that LSU was going to be the choice, and then tonight Notre Dame announces that they landed Marcus Freeman. So he, look, I've been banging on Brian Kelly a lot the last week since the the the, the playoff loss. This is a great, great momentum game for Notre Dame uh, num for two reasons. Number one, d you, you landed a tremendous young defensive coordinator who has an incredible reputation as a teacher and as a recruiter. And then obviously we saw the product he put on the field at Cincinnati the, this, this season. Uh, the other part of this too is this Notre Dame had to come back. Brian Kelly had to 
I don't know. I don't know what he did. I'm hoping to find that out soon because this just broke. Uh, but they had to either throw more money at him. They had to do some kind of pitch, something to get him to say, okay, this is where I want to be. Cause I, I th- and that's huge for Notre Dame. That tells me that, you know, Brian Kelly is all in. I had somebody question me today on in, in a mailbag, you know, do you really think Brian Kelly wants to say, yeah, I think he wants to win. I just don't know if he's willing to do the things he needs to do to really do that. Well, this is one of those things. You lost a great young defensive coordinator in Clark Lee. You just went out and replaced him with the best coach on the market, in my opinion. That's pretty good. You, you, look, you weren't getting Brent Venables, right? Like, you weren't getting, you know, Kerry Coombs at Ohio State. You, they weren't you, available. I mean, that right. was, yeah. Dave Aranda's not leaving the Baylor head coaching job to come coach. Right. This was the best option on the market, and it was a strong option on the market. You're talking about a 34, 35-year-old guy, great teacher, successful track record, really great pedigree, played for Luke Fickle at Ohio State, worked on, you know, played for Jim Heacock. Uh, he, he has coached at some places with some very good defensive minds. And, and, of course, he's been with Luke Fickle for the last four years running his defense. I think he was 29 the first time he was named a co-defensive coordinator. This is at Purdue. Right. Uh, and then, of course, he was 30 when he got the defensive coordinator job at Cincinnati. So this is huge for Notre Dame uh, from a coaching standpoint, uh, from a recruiting standpoint, and then just a perception standpoint that Notre Dame was finally able to go out. This is the kind of move that Brian Kelly has never made where it was that's the big name on the market. You're going to have to throw some money at him to get him over here. You're going to have to give a strong pitch about how you see the future of the program, how you can, you know, get him to his next steps as well. And they were able to make it happen, Vince. And it is a, it is a big-time pickup for Notre Dame and Brian Kelly. Well, and, and there, there, there's so many parts of this that are amazing to me. Uh, normally, if – it's 2021, and when you start hearing reports about this coach is going here, this coach is going there, that's what's happening. Like, that, that's what's happening. And, uh, you know, you said it. it. It was all but a done deal that he was headed to LSU. I mean, it, it, that's what I was seeing all day as well. And then, not only that, but Notre Dame announced the hire, and they didn't do their three-week vetting process that they normally do either. They actually put out a release – that they hired Marcus Freeman, uh, and that went out less than a half an hour ago. So uh, that that part alone uh, boggles my mind and tells me that maybe they're starting to do things a little bit differently you know, over at Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't want to speculate what it is. All I know is they came back. This was – I've talked to many people about this, and it was the, – the meeting went great. The first meeting went great, but, you know, it's LSU. They're going to have – you know, all these highly ranked recruits there, tons sure, of kids SEC, coming back, yeah. just won a national championship. The last D coordinator, Dave Aranda, after the team, the guy that won the title, got the head coaching job at Baylor. Uh, you know, there, was just a, there was a lot working. In this. The only thing working in Notre Dame's favor was geography because Marcus Freeman's an Ohio guy. Sure, he's coached he's in the North guy, his yeah. whole career. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, whatever it was – and I don't know if they offered more than LSU, but they had to at least have gotten in the ballpark. Cause I don't sure. care how much of a loyal guy you are. If somebody offers you over $2 million and another person offers you a million dollars and that's over double, you're, you're taking the bigger deal. That's, you're a, that's you're, a, you're, a you're a husband and a father, right? Yeah, you got to right. do that. Um, so now if somebody offers you over $2 million and another place that has all the other things you look for gets in the ballpark, then you may turn down a couple hundred thousand 
right? To take the job you prefer, but you're not turning down a millions of dollars to go to a place. So clearly Notre Dame got themselves in a ballpark. And, and from what I'm told, this was the first guy that Brian Kelly went after. Uh, I've talked to some very credible sources. The Mike Elko thing was not a real thing. That was just a rumor. Uh, But this was the guy that Brian Kelly immediately went after. And so kudos to Brian Kelly for identifying Marcus Freeman as the guy you have to go get. And then when he originally, you know, leaned in a different direction instead of saying, oh, well, okay, well, we can't compete with the big boys for money. Whatever they did, he went back after it. He competed. He went and got him. And that's huge. That's huge for Notre Dame. It's big. So, and, and, you know, maybe he's only here for a year or two. But, you know, as I've said before, and we'll dive into this a little bit more after we, 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 go, we have to do a quick uh, sponsor break here. But um, there, this is a, a thing where you can, can really can continue with some of the philosophies that they've been doing. And we'll dive into to what I mean by that. But this is a big, big hire for Brian Kelly in Notre Dame. Yeah. So as you, as you mentioned, we got we to gotta hear from one of our sponsors. We're going to do that right now. And then when we come back, uh, I want to dive into this hire specifically because now that it's happened, Uh, We need to know a little bit more about Marcus Freeman and his past. So uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, to hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone an opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup alone. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out that description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Okay, Brian, I, I really want to dive into who Marcus Freeman mm-hmm. is. Uh, he was... Uh, a linebacker at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's play, he played on the defensive side of the played ball. for Jim Tressel. He was a graduate assistant at Ohio State, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was – I forget his next stop, but then he ended up at Purdue as a he linebacker's was at, he coach. He was at Kent State where he Kent played State. under John Heacock, who is now the defensive coordinator at, Ohio, at Iowa State, yep. who is a guy that Brian Kelly has a great deal of respect for. Looked at John Heacock when he was make, looking to replace – uh, when he was looking to uh, hire, Mike, when he hired Mike Elko, John Heacock was on the gotcha. the the um, the short list then. So this is a guy, and you remember how much Brian Kelly praised John Heacock before the Camping World Bowl last year against Iowa oh, State. Yeah. So yep. played yep. for him uh, or coached under him as a linebackers coach for two years. Then obviously went to Purdue. Uh, then from Purdue, he went to Cincinnati. So. Uh, and he's really seen his star rise the last two or three years based on the work he's done at Cincinnati. So, so one of the things that you had mentioned when uh, we were talking about potential defensive coordinator, uh, you know, hires was that keep the same philosophy and, mm-hmm. you know, or at least continue down the line of a similar philosophy because that's what you've been recruiting for for the past four years. And to, to, to change midstream like that is very difficult. 
Um, does this hire continue down that path? Yeah. And the thing for me is I don't believe that you need to do this unnecessary. Well, we ran a four, two, five, so we have to continue running the exact same defense. So, you know, we promote from within constantly. The reason they promoted Clark Lee was because Clark Lee, even though he'd never been a defensive coordinator was ready. And they're, they're, the, the continuity is attractive, but it's not a must. And Brian Kelly said so. Like, look, you're not going to go back to running an old-school 3-4 defense, but continuity is a must. One of the concerns people had about Marcus Freeman was he ran a 3-3-5 the last couple years at Cincinnati. Well, 3-3-5 is not what Notre Dame needs to do, and I would hope that Marcus Correct. Freeman is not going to run that at Notre Dame, and I don't think he will. The thing about Marcus Freeman you have to understand is he made that move to a 3-3-5 because of the league that they're in. The American Athletic Conference is a very pass-heavy offense. You've got, you've got Central Florida. You've got Memphis. You've got Houston. You've got SMU. The best teams in that league throw the ball all over the place. The 3-3-5 allowed him to be flexible and versatile enough to where they could defend the pass more effectively. Obviously, at Notre Dame, you won't be playing as many high-octane right. pass offenses. He was originally right. a four-down guy. He grew up in a four-down defense. He was groomed in a four-down defense. So I think that the be able, being able to kind of at Notre Dame put together sort of a, a, uh, a hybrid of what he came up with and then what they were doing at Cincinnati is going to be ideal. And let's not forget, too, a 3-3-5 is not a huge difference from what Notre Dame's 4-2-5 because, remember, Notre Dame's fourth defensive lineman, their drop end, never put his hand in the ground. Right, he was a stand-up. You know? And so it's and, and we've seen Cincinnati do some of that. They did a lot of that against Georgia, for example. They did. Yeah, right. So they, they were um, running team. Correct. And so and there were team, there were times where you'd see Cincinnati in a lot more four man looks against teams in that league that like to run the ball a little bit more effectively. So I think I think that actually speaks volumes about Marcus Freeman's intellect as a coach that he's able to quickly say, Hey, look, number one, what we want to do is fine but if we want to be great at this we've got to make some adjustments right to be able to recognize the landscape of who you're playing and be able to, to make a relatively significant adjustment and, and then to say and then to implement it effectively well it, it just Absolutely. really shows his talent as a coach and his mind for football and, and that's a very and and then to be able to teach it and then recruit to it are all things that you need to be able to do and he did that and we've seen Cincinnati they were a much more veteran team this year but in the past couple of years They've been able to put some young players on the on the field. And then here's the other thing. The cornerbacks coach at Notre Dame now, Mike stole Mickens, he stole was <laughs> coached with Marcus Freeman. So yeah, there's at least right. one coach on the back end of the defense that knows exactly what Marcus Freeman wants to do, yes. that knows exactly how that they're going to run that defense, and he'll be able to teach it. So Marcus Freeman does, or uh, Mike Mickens won't have to learn a new defense with a new defensive coordinator. That's going to be huge for the pass defense, and it's going to certainly help the corners. But, um, you know, I, I think you see a coach that's, that's multiple. You see a coach that likes to be aggressive, but it's a sound aggressiveness, much like we saw from Clark Lee this year. Um, you know, he's a guy that wants athletes. He will prefer athleticism over size, which fits right in with how Notre Dame is recruited to the 4-2-5 under Mike Elko and Clark Lee. Um, he's a guy that, that likes to mix up coverages. Uh, they're more man-based at Cincinnati. I don't know if they'll be man-based at Notre Dame because, again, that was based a lot on who they played and the type of teams they played. They may be more man-based. I don't know if they will, but they would mix up zones and different things, and he was a guy that showed to me, a lot like Clark Lee, that I'm going to coach to what my guys can do. And that's such a – Vince, you know that's one of the biggest things for me is 
know, can you tailor what you do around your players? And I've seen that from, from Marcus Freeman. And they're, they're also, even though they're a, a team that's built towards defending the pass, they're a really good run defense as well. I think they were 14th in the country this year in run defense. Um, so so the, 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 he's really built a strong, a strong product there, Vince. And um, just this year they gave up 111.1 yards per game, 3.1 yards per carry. Notre Dame was around that number yards-wise, but Notre Dame was around 3.8 yards per carry. And Cincinnati was at 3.1. So really, I mean, held Georgia to 45 rushing yards in that game. So it right. held Memphis to well, five, held Houston think, to 93, held South Florida to 83. Right. Notre Dame gave up over 100 yards in South Florida. Well, yeah, and I, I think it was about halftime of that Georgia game that I tweeted out. Uh, I'm on board with Marcus Freeman to mm -hmm. Notre Dame. So yeah. I, got, I really got the talk started, you know, to right. get him to Notre Dame. Of course, of course. Put of course. that out there. And, and here's but. another quick thing too, Vince, is he's faced the triple option. Notre Dame's going to be back to their normal schedule next right. year against Navy. Right. Uh, they beat Navy this year, and Navy was a good football team. Navy won, I think, what, nine games this year, Vince, right? Something along um, those lines. Nine yeah. and three. Yeah, they went nine and three. And yeah. then Na Navy only rushed for, I'm looking it up now, Navy only rushed for 182 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. That, Again, with that's a triple amazing option against team, Navy. Right. The, the yeah. game before Cincinnati, they went for 439. This is Army. The game after Cincinnati, they went for 441. So, you know, that's a good rushing offense. They went for 182 against West Virginia. So uh, he does have experience playing against the triple option, which is a positive uh, for, for Notre Dame. So, um, you know, because that's a that's – a, I mean, it's only one game, but it, it is but nice it's, to have that experience. So It's a big game. Yeah, yeah. So the, the very one other, positive. Yeah, the one other thing I wanted to hit on before we wrap this up is uh, the recruiting aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you've kind of touched on it as we've been talking. But uh, Clark Lee was – I would say above average recruiter. I, he wasn't an amazing recruiter. Uh, I think the linebacking core was it was deep. It was solid. Uh, but they but that gotten, was built with Mike Elko still on staff. That's correct. So is this an upgrade from a recruiting standpoint Huge. based on what you've seen? And what do you expect moving forward? Yeah, I think above average is about as well as is about as high of a of a ranking as you'd give Clark Lee's a trying, recruiter. I was trying to be nice. No, and it's not. Yeah. A, I mean, he just he was he was very methodical. He just he looked for a certain type. I think sometimes he was a little too picky, which meant they were too sure. late getting the guys they wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Clark Lee was a great evaluator of talent. Uh, that's not an issue, and I think Mark Marcus Freeman will as well. When you watch that team play, um, you know, remember this is their fourth year, so so ninety nine percent of the guys, ninety five at least ninety five percent of the guys on the on the the depth chart are going to be guys that they recruited. Sure. Cincinnati. Sure. So it's not like he's in year two and then, and he's build he's winning on other people's recruits. I mean, he had to build the foundation that they have at Cincinnati. Um, and so I think he's been able to identify what they're looking for and be able to identify, Hey, this is a guy we want. This is a guy that we think has the intellect to, to, to coach uh, at the highest level. This is a guy that's got the talent to teach at the highest level. This is a guy that's got the ability to recruit at the highest level. And that's all those, those are all important. Right. And especially if he's only going to be here for a year or two, which, you know, again, this is a guy that wants to be a head coach. Clark Lee had the same aspirations. He sure. never hit sure. it. And, and from what I'm understanding, Marcus Freeman has not hit the fact of what he of what his career goals are. And I respect that. I mean, it takes a it takes a, a, a lot of character for me to, to, to do that. He could easily, oh, you know, I'm not worried about that. I, you know, I just, and then leave Notre Dame in the year. From what I understand, he's been very upfront about what his career goals are. So Notre Dame knows what they're getting with, with uh, Marcus Freeman. So if he is only here for a year or two, you want to make sure that he's able to really load up whoever's going to be next with yeah, talented absolutely. players. And so he's young. He's energetic. 
Um, you know, he's kind of got the energy of Mike Elko as a recruiter, and he's got the intellect of Clark Lee. And, and not that Mike Elko wasn't smart. I'm just calling about what was the, the primary sure. strength of each guy. You know, yeah. he's got those two things kind of as one. You know, I've heard he's a very intense guy at practice, but then you watch him on the sideline at games, and he's not. He's, a, he's just instruction. It's teaching. It's, I mean, you, you, I like that in a defensive coordinator. And, he, and he's an on-the-field guy. Correct. Uh, from what I've been able to see Correct. as well. Correct. So. I've never seen him up in the box. And, right, again, there's right. no right or wrong to no, that. No, there's not. But people want to know that stuff, right, and so I right. wanted to put it out there. Yeah. And, and I like that. And so um, – I've always kind of liked defensive coordinators being on the field and you offensive and coordinators both. being in the box, yep, but that's yep. just, you know, but again, no, that's I, how I've great always rolled Clark, too. Clark Lee was a box guy and, and yeah. he did a heck of a job. He so, did. He did. Um, so I think this is big for Notre Dame, Vince. I think this is a great hire. I think when you just look at, let's look at some numbers here real quick, Vince. So you, you, I always you've, got like, a, you've got a great chart uh, mm-hmm. in one of your articles that was outlining why Marcus Freeman would be a good hire. Mm-hmm. And it's linked to the breaking news article that is on Irishbreakdown.com. So I would encourage people to go over there and check it out because I was just looking at that chart and it compares Notre Dame uh, in the past couple of years to what Cincinnati has done over the past few years defensively. And I'll tell you what, those numbers aren't a whole lot different. They're really not. And, and, and when you consider, you say, okay, well, they don't play as good of teams. I'd say, well, they don't have the talent in Notre Dame and they're not playing and they're playing oh, teams ex- that don't have the talent. But yeah. the other thing too is they're playing in a league that's built around offenses. That's right. And so, uh, the, the, so, so I like context. Okay. The three years prior to Marcus Freeman and Luke Fickle showing up, and I and, and I, I think we need to mention Luke Luke Fickle, Fickell, however you say it. Um, he's a guy <laughs> that I think is one of the better defensive minds in the game. He's also a great. He's always uh, remember Charlie Weiss tried to hire him away from Ohio State back in the day oh, uh, I don't to be okay. one of his to be a defensive coordinator, and he, and he said no. Um, but he has always had a reputation as a great teacher. And so being coming from that tree to me entices me, that defensive tree. So the three years before they showed up, Cincinnati gave up 28.5 points per game, 423.5 yards per game, and 5.7 yards per play. They gave, they gave up 188.4 rushing yards per game. In the last three seasons at Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference with UCF, Memphis, Central, uh, uh, SMU, Houston, all those high-octane offenses – They've given up an average of 18.4 points per game, 331.1 yards per game, 4.8 yards per play, and 122.2 yards per game rushing and 3.4 yards per carry. During that same stretch with Clark Lee running the Notre Dame defense, they gave up 18.6 points per game, which is 0.2 higher, 336.9 yards per game, which is 5.8 higher than what Cincinnati gave up, 4.9 yards per play, which is 0.1 higher. They gave up 135.3 rushing yards per game, which is 13.1 yards higher, and they gave up 3.8 yards per rush, which is 0.4 higher. Uh, Notre Dame gave up 6.1 yards per pass attempt. Cincinnati was a 6.4, so they're close. Notre Dame was a little better. Uh, Cincinnati was much better this year. Notre Dame was was over seven this year. Uh, In the last three years, this is a big one, Notre Dame gave up 37 passing touchdowns and 28 interceptions. In the last three years, Cincinnati has given up 43 touchdown passes and 44 interceptions. And, and so that is impressive. Now, the three years before Cincinnati, they got there, that Cincinnati gave up 64 touch, 63, six, no, I'm sorry, 64 touchdown passes. So huge chunk, huge drop in touchdown passes allowed in a touchdown league, in a passing league, and 44 interceptions in the last three years is really outstanding. Notre Dame's had 28 
yeah. in that same stretch. Yep. So a uh, uh, great, great job, in my opinion, of Cincinnati uh, defensively to be that good on defense in a offensive league is really it it's like the group of five version of the big 12 and yeah. that's what it is yeah no absolutely that's what it is absolutely and so uh, again i encourage everybody to go over to irishbreakdown.com and i know he just threw a bunch of numbers at you and sometimes when you hear those numbers it's kind of hard to put it into context but go ahead and take a look at that at that chart because it's all uh, laid out for you there's even a few more numbers about you know passing yards per game and, and some other things in there so again encourage you to go over there and check out that chart because uh, I, I think that it, it it tells the tale of how good Cincinnati is defensively and helps, you know, fill in the gaps of, of what Notre Dame is getting in Marcus Freeman as a defensive coordinator. And I am still shocked, frankly, that this uh, took place. I'm excited about it. Uh, the way things went today are is super exciting, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, this is, this is a great step forward uh, to this offseason. And hopefully Notre Dame can continue with this momentum. Oh, big time. And, and I think, look, this has got to be step one, right? And, and we'll have some, some other things that they need to do when we talk about cha- making changes on offense, you know. But this is, this is big. You know, this is big, Vince. And, and again, to be able to, to have a coach that's gone toe-to-toe with top, with top scoring teams, right, with, sure. in a league with, with really, really good scoring defenses – you know, last year, for example, Cincinnati ranked 24th in scoring defense. They gave up 20.6 points per game. Notre Dame was a 17.9. But here's something to consider last year. In the AAC, the AAC had the number 5, 7, and 8, and 12 scoring offenses in the country. Wow. You know, so that, that's something you got to think about when, when you talk about the job that Cincinnati did last year. And so, and, and Cincinnati had to play Memphis twice last year. Memphis was one of those. Memphis was a top 10 scoring offense. They held Memphis, uh, they lost both games, but you know, they held Memphis to 34 and 29 points. I think there was a special teams touchdown on one of those well below Memphis's scoring average last year. Uh, they beat U- Central Florida last year and held Central Florida, who was the number five scoring offense in the country, to 24 points. So, uh, you know, re- really did a great job, in my opinion, of uh, at Cincinnati and, and really what they've been able to build. Um, in 2017, 2018, they beat Navy 42 to nothing. Yeah, no, it's so, a good team. Shut and, out Navy. So if anybody was worried about the fact that Cincinnati comes to Notre Dame Stadium next year as a potential preseason top 10 team, yeah. well, Notre Dame's got two of their coaches now. So, yeah. so yeah. that, that they is held Navy helpful. that year to 124 yards rushing, 2.4 yards per attempt. Yeah. So that was the year that Notre Dame went. Uh, you know, remember that was the year that Notre Dame went undefeated uh, and and went to the college football playoff. And against Notre Dame, Navy rushed for 292 yards and 6.1 yards right. per carry, yep. scored 22 points. So again, this is a big time hire for Notre Dame. This is a proven coach. Yes. He's young. He's energetic. He's going to attract recruits uh, with his energy, with his success, uh, with his uh, integrity. I mean, everything I've heard about him is he's an honest guy. He's high character guy, and and that's what you. I mean, you need that at Notre Dame because. The kind of kids Notre Dame recruits, they see through the, the snake oil salesman type of stuff. Sure, you know absolutely. what I mean? And that's what I think a lot of kids respected about Clark Lee. That's what a lot of kids respected about Mike Elko in a very short period of time is the coach is going to tell me exactly what he thinks. And if it means like, hey, we like you, but, you know, this guy's better or whatever. And, and, I, and you know, what I'm hearing is, Mar- is Marcus Freeman is very similar to that. So um, big time, big time, big time hire for Brian Kelly in Notre Dame. I, I, again, it's not just that they hired him, Vince. That has me so – I mean, I think you can tell I'm kind of fired up right now. It's not just that they hired him. 
I mean, like, the way you're, that you're Notre Dame, though. you should be able to get the defensive coordinator from Cincinnati, sure. right? But, but you went out and beat LSU for him, yeah, the team man. that won a title last year. And, and the way it went down, yeah, like you were just going to say, yeah. the way it went down to me, Vince, is that's just not something we've seen in 11 years exactly. from Brian Kelly and Notre Dame. Exactly. That's at lunchtime, huge. At lunchtime, he was a tiger. I mean, he was going yes. to LSU at lunchtime. Yeah. And at dinnertime, he's Irish. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's huge. I mean, it, the momentum swing throughout the day was unbelievable. I mean, you were doing a mailbag uh, earlier today mm-hmm. talking about who the next steps were. Right. You know, where, where's, where is that's what every, everyone go? was a football yeah. scoop. LSU, everyone was reporting that Marcus Freeman wasn't yes. going to be the guy. But we were, thankfully, we were wrong. And well, I don't what, think that it's not that not, we were wrong. It's sure. that Notre Dame did what they had to do to, yeah. to go. Look, I'll admit when I'm wrong. And, and <laughs> it, but this wasn't one of those times. I mean, yeah. there's a reason everybody thought that Marcus Freeman wasn't coming to Notre Dame. Sure. And sure. whatever Notre Dame did to get that to change, flip the script. Awesome. And the reason I want to say that we weren't wrong is because I think admit, saying we were wrong takes away how big of a job this was by Brian Kelly. Sure, sure. So, well, you know, he was always going to go to Notre Dame. We just got bad info. That that kind of takes away from the job. Yeah, that's that I think not what they happened. Did. That's not what the happened. The fact that they they had to put in extra work, they had to kind of ante up a little bit. If that's actually what happened, whatever it was, they had to fight for this one. And that's why I don't think I want to say like we were wrong because I think that actually takes some of the shine off what Brian Kelly did. And and look, here's been my mantra on Brian Kelly from the beginning. If he does something good, I'm going to praise him. If he does something that deserves criticism, I'm going to criticize him. And we've been banging on him a lot the last couple weeks. This is a grand slam home walk-off, bottom of the ninth, grand slam, walk-off home run in game seven of the World Series. I mean, to me, it is that big of a hire. Now, now look, Marcus Freeman's got to come to Notre Dame and get it done. But – from if, a hiring if, standpoint, right? I mean, yeah. there was no better hire. You know, sometimes you're going to get a five star recruit, and he doesn't end up playing like a five star player. But it doesn't take away from the great job you did to recruit right. him, to identify him. Uh, now it's up to Marcus Freeman to prove him right. But y- y- and, and I think he will. But this this is a this is a tremendous tremendous hire by Brian Kelly. And the way it went down to me is a great has to be a great sign for Notre Dame fans. Like you know what? Maybe Notre Dame is serious about this winning the championship thing. So no, absolutely it's a great yeah, step. No question. Great step. Yep. So uh so that's it. Breaking news. Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame as the defensive coordinator of the of the present and the future. Uh we'll see how long that future actually is uh as we move forward. But uh, we wanted to make sure we got this breakdown out to you. So enjoy our breaking news podcast. Um and hey. If we can do it, anytime there's breaking news, we'll, we'll bring you a podcast yep. if it's at all possible. So uh, with that said, I'm Vince D'Addario. That's Brian Driscoll. And we'll talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.